0: everything doesn't need to be an overwhelming success to be a success like i think that's really kind of been my my takeaway since leaving relay has been kind of being able to celebrate moderate success because i would say that what everything that i'm doing right now is a moderate success by any by any reasonable metric What's up, everyone? Jay Miller here, bringing
1: another Productivity in Tech podcast. My guest this week is someone that I have been following for several years now as a podcaster. Steve Lubitz is now the host of the Off Curve podcast, a podcast that he does in his car. Now, if you've heard the name Steve Lubitz before, it's probably from one of his previous shows on either the 5x5 network or Relay FM. Steve has been podcasting for several years talking about all things from video games to technology. And Steve recently in the last couple of years took a break from talking tech and instead just started talking about some of the things that he enjoys. Now Steve is a techie himself. He's a data architect, and we get into how the side of the data architect impacts him not only as a podcaster, but also as a gamer. And how it comes to looking at data and making sure that you're getting the right conclusions from the data that you are compiling. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, if you want to hear more, uh, be sure to head over to our Ko-fi page. There will be a link in the show notes for that. And remember, if with any donation, one time or reoccurring, you gain access to the bonus feed for this show and all of the other j Media shows, which I, I have to be honest, we have a few shows, but I think this is the only one with a bonus feed right now, but I do know of some other ones, especially with the Waffling Tailors. Uh, Jamie and Squidgy over there are in the UK are doing some really fun stuff, and I'm sure that we're going to have a bonus episode of Ask a Brit coming up soon as well. But here it is, my conversation with Steve Lubitz. I'm here with Steve Lubitz today. Is it? Do you go by Steve or Steven? Because i i think I've heard both. I'm gonna say it's just Steve, right? It,
0: it's, it's Steve, unless, unless you know you're mad at me, and then it's Steven.
1: <laughs> I get that. So, so Steve <laughs> is a podcaster. He is also a Hearthstone player. Which, if you listen to my new solo podcast, um, "What I'm," I talk about my fascination with Hearthstone and and some of the other games and. Steve was someone that I listened to before I got into podcasting, when I was interested in dabbling in podcasting, and the overall voice and attitude that Steve brought to the shows that he did was one that i I, I don't necessarily try to to like copy, but one I try to be cognizant of, like I want to be real. And, and like Steve has always had that realness, uh, just as he's talked about you know between video games political issues social issues like anything like i feel like steve is going to give it to me straight so when i found out that he was an avid hearthstone player before i played hearthstone i was like nerd <laughs> and then afterwards i started playing hearthstone and i was like oh man steve plays hearthstone but i have no way of hearing about it and then i happened to be following him on twitter and i saw that he had a podcast called off curve and i was like Yes, new podcast, and when I found out it was about Hearthstone, I was like, now I'm the nerd, so (laughs) we're going to talk a lot about that stuff, but Steve, introduce yourself, I guess, to talk a little bit more about about Steve outside of the recording booth.
0: Yeah, so, um, I mean, podcasting is something I do as a hobby, and it's something I've done as a hobby, actually, for a really long time. I... Um, I first did my first podcast about fantasy football back in 2005, which was when podcasting was first starting. I remember reading an article about it in Wired magazine. and I had just gotten an iPod and I got like Leo Laporte's like radio show that I was downloading and listening to. And I decided that was something that I wanted to do on my own and I, I just kind of figured it out and I figured out I'd never done like any audio at all. And just kind of figured it out. I roped a buddy in, and we just started talking about fantasy football. We had, you know, a good number of listeners at the time. Um, and I was also doing, like, uh, just kind of like a, an audio blog with my wife for a while until we had um, till we had our second kid, which ended up being our second and our third kid at the same time. And then that was kind of, like, taking up a little bit too much time. And, and you know, I kind of stepped back. And then um, in 2014, I... Um, with, was friends with Brianna Wu, who is a uh, game developer. She she recently ran for um, for Congress up here in Massachusetts. And um, you may also know her if you follow any of the, the Gamergate stuff. And um, over the last few years, she was unfortunately a target of that. But, you know, I, I had just been to PAX East that year because that's, you know, in my backyard. And um, I'd, I'd said that I was thinking about getting starting to do a podcast again. She's like, let's do it. And then before i knew it she had roped in uh, maddie Myers, who i believe is a managing editor at kotaku now and, and georgia dow from imor and we were um doing isometric and that eventually got picked up by um five by five and then we eventually moved to relay fm which is where um it's a fairly large uh podcasting network in the uh in the tech space and then after we, we kind of went through some changes, one of our co-hosts left, we had we changed over to a general tech show, and we did that for a while, and then around 2017, um, like around the fall there, I, I was just started to feel like I wasn't really in it, and I wasn't, like, I, I, I've always been kind of a video game buff, but I, I've, and I, I'm a program, I'm actually a data architect as my day job. So, uh, you know, I ha- I keep up with technology, but it's never really been something that I've been passionate about talking about outside of work. And, you know, we made the we made the switch and it worked for a while. And then I just kind of was feeling like I was not 100% in it. And I decided to back away from the show. And then we just decided to end it at that point. Um, I was playing a lot more Hearthstone. I was playing it at a much higher level than I had been in the past. And what... I, I, it was kind of a running joke on isometric and disruption that I was not allowed to talk about Hearthstone because I was, it, it was kind of a, they were going to have an intervention for me pretty soon <laughs> if, if I if I brought it up one more time. So it was clear that that was not. I think when I hit, when I hit Legend in Hearthstone, which is like the highest that you can get in the in the the uh, competitive format, I was allowed to talk about it for ten minutes of that show, and the, and after that, not again. So, uh, but. I was kind of having a lot of thoughts about the game, and I felt like I, I discovered Discord, which, which is basically Slack for nerds, and I was in a few Hearthstone Discords, and I found myself just, just typing the same thing out over and over again, and I decided, you know what, I, I want to just record this so that I don't have to type it over and over again, and it was around that time that um, Anchor, which is a that right now they're like a, a full on podcasting shop. But at the time they were doing, they were like this weird startup that was doing like bite-sized radio. And they just announced a, an, uh, a feature where you could record a podcast and publish it as a podcast feed. So I decided I couldn't really spend any more time than I already was on podcasting, but I could use the time when I was sitting in the car to record. So that's what I just started doing. I just kind of like hang, uh, a pair of iPhone earbuds over my rearview mirror and have one ear in and one ear out cuz that's legal in Massachusetts and I just talked to myself for 35 40 minutes about Hearthstone and and I mean it it's been something that I just kind of felt like I was doing for me and and I think that's probably like the best kind of podcast is the one that you're just kind of doing because that's the kind of podcast you would want to listen to and um you know it's something that that people have been enjoying so I've been kind of enjoying just doing that i've been getting into streaming on twitch um like once a week and i've also been doing play-by-play um commentary for tournament for smaller tournaments which it's been really just kind of a fun extension of of all the things that i've been doing from podcasting
1: it's really cool that you're able to look at all of these different websites that are devoted to helping hearthstone players understand what's going on in the game like kind of a state of the game Uh, i think one of them is actually called the meta report but understanding what's happening in the game at the present time and one of the cool things is a lot of people will look at this and and this is we could talk all day about some of my gripes about hearthstone in that (laughs) a lot of it is no longer let's find creative ways to make awesome decks that work instead let's go to a website copy and paste the link and then see how well we can play that deck that was pre-assigned to us,
0: but... I, I mean, I'll tell you that even in other card games that I'm playing, because I'm not just playing Hearthstone, I'm playing other card games, I just don't talk about them on the internet as much, but even there, like, even where you don't have the kind of data that's being collected, it, it's still just people grabbing decks and, and from sites and playing them, there just isn't as much, you know, it's not as narrow as it is in Hearthstone, because there are a number of plugins that are used by a lot of professional players, and, and, and you know aspiring professional players or, or tryhards like me that is taking like even individual game data and then uh, d- aggregating all that up and then making it available to say like this one this this deck this collection of 30 cards has the best win rate
1: i won't get into that but you're able to to take that to the next level you are be you're able to look at the data that's being presented and analyze it even further and use some of the refining tools to really make a valuable decision on not just indiv- uh, an entire deck but individual card choices in that deck.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's it's the kind of thing that, you know, i do this I do data architecture so much that it's hard to turn it off sometimes and 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 the thing with with any sort of big data set and this is this is Hearthstone, this is business, this is anything is that it's it can be kind of overwhelming to interpret all the data and it's also very easy to read into things what you think it's telling you or what you want it to tell you but not actually what it what it's going to tell you and a lot of like you know there's a lot of going back to the old logic fallacies that you need to even apply when you're looking at data in a dashboard and and it's on some of that is on the person who's designing it to be fair to be frank because a, the a good dashboard is designed to be clear about what it's telling its users and not let them take away alternate um alternate conclusions that are incorrect so some of the episodes that i've recorded recently are about some of the statistics that some of these show like there's a statistic that's um when it's showing you a list of 30 cards in the deck of played win rate so very simply, it's they can track all the, you know, they can track all the games down to what cards were played. And so if you played this card, you won 57% of the time or whatever. And people were taking that and, and you know, saying, well, this card is bad because it has a 30% win rate or whatever. And it's something that I, I spent a lot of time over, actually multiple episodes. This I mean, this happens, like comes up like once a year, really where talking about how, you know, correlation is not causation. Like, yes, you played that card and you won the game, but did you win that game because you played the card? That's not telling you that. It's telling you that you played this card and you won this game, but it's not establishing a link there. And you may have won, they may have won that game because... They didn't play the card and they were just playing cards because they were being a jerk and showing the opponent what all the cards in their hand were that they could have killed them with before they actually killed them.
1: Also, I really think HS replay should include like, don't be a jerk, like plays in their statistics, <laughs> like 30% of the time this was played just because the person's a jerk. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I would love That's that. That's some
0: advanced but... machine learning they would have to put together <laughs> to figure that out, I think. <laughs> and that's something that a dashboard like that doesn't tell you. And a, and a metric like that should be designed to either filter out some of that noise or not show a metric in that way to lead people down a path like that. So so that was kind of some of the criticism that I was taking of, of one of those sites. But again, it's something that it's hard to know that when you don't do these things for a living. And that's why I, I felt like I needed to kind of Record that episode and, and bring that criticism to bear from my own experience because it's very easy to criticize something like this when you haven't done it. I've done a number of these dashboards and I know what the pitfalls are. And, and it's from that perspective that I was bringing that to Hearthstone and kind of my, my two worlds colliding, as it were.
1: One of the things that I, I wanted to do was I wanted to try a little experiment where I think of some of the biggest things that people think about in of course productivity in tech so productivity entrepreneurship you know having a passion or a hobby and getting your opinion on it from the mind of a data architect um or hearthstone player your choice um so the first one is a lot of people aren't talking about the thing that i'm doing therefore the thing that i am doing must be back um is that something that you have had experience with or, or dealt with
0: in the past? Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of imposter syndrome in general, and there's a lot of looking at metrics to determine whether you're being successful or not. And this is actually something I struggled with when I left Disruption, because I knew when I was leaving that podcast, and I was leaving... I, I mean, and and... To be clear, like getting myself on a pod- a major podcast network was a dream of mine for a long time. And it when I was leaving that show and not going to another one that was on the network, I knew that I was basically saying goodbye to that. I was saying goodbye to a lar- a, a fairly large audience all things considered. And I was saying I you know, I knew that some people like you would follow me. Like I knew that that was going to happen and I I was not you know, kind of just abandoning myself into, like, the, into the void, but I was definitely walking away from a significant, you know, something that a lot of people don't get to do, let's just, let's just put it that way, and, and I knew that I was going to be doing the show that I'm doing, but it was going to be a much smaller audience, and, and even then, it was, it was probably about half to a quarter of the size that it is now, and, I think that you really... It's very easy to look at numbers and derive value from them. It's very easy to look at Twitter followers or podcast downloads or web hits or your rank in Hearthstone or or whatever and let that dictate your value. And, And I think that ultimately your value is what you get out of it. Like I... Would be doing off curve if nobody was listening, or or if one or two people were listening. I like I, I just recently started up my own Discord for the for the podcast, and I was very honestly convinced convinced it was going to be me and like my one uh, friend who I had asked to mod for me, <laughs> and 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 you know it's because I'm I'm constantly convinced nobody's listening, and, and I look at the numbers and I know that they are, but um but it doesn't matter because I'm still happy doing it and i'm happy just putting that content out there and i enjoy doing it and and i do value all the feedback that i do get but i mean if i'm looking at the numbers compared to when i was on relay they're not even close but i know that i'm getting just as much value out of that fraction of the of the the audience size as i was on relay if not more so because i'm truly passionate now and, and i mean not to say that i wasn't at the time and i was passionate about what i was talking about when i was talking about it but I wasn't, um, you know, I'm I'm really enjoying what I'm talking about and what I'm doing. And I know that the people who are listening are really enjoying what I'm putting out. And that's worth more than the raw listener count that I would be looking at if I was just looking at what my listeners are now, even a year later versus what they were on relay.
1: You know, that that is something that I have uh, struggled with a lot, especially in rebooting this podcast. So um, I'm, I'm sure you're probably not familiar with this, but uh, this podcast ran for two and a half years and then I got sick and literally just shut the podcast down and took a year to deal with some mental health issues, to deal with some physical health issues, um, to deal with the fact that I was a brand new father. So it, like, there was a lot going on in my life and I had to make the decision to shudder this idea of I'm going to be a professional podcaster. And what is interesting with that is when it left, you know, we never had sponsors. We never had, I mean, we had patrons and we had members in a premium community and I had no problem giving everybody their money back. Like that was perfectly fine. I was breaking even anyway. So it was like no big deal. But to see that mass exodus from my audience to see people that i had never interacted with that mentioned like oh man i uh, what's a good technology podcast and you know here's one of my favorites and they bring up your podcast and you're like oh I, i wanted to talk with them but
0: yeah i mean and and i definitely like i know exactly what you're talking about because like that month i would say full month after we ended disruption was was really really hard really hard and you know, getting all the the tweets from people who I hadn't heard from in over a year didn't know that they were still listening to the show. I mean, I was you know you, when you told me that you were you had been listening since Isometric, like I don't get that that often now. Um, I mean, I know that there are a few people who have followed me to Off Curve. I, I know that there are, and, and I was privileged in the in the fact that I was not starting from nothing when I was doing that show either. But um, but it, it, even then, like all the people that came out, like. After the show was ended and tweeting about, oh, I'm, you know, I'm devastated or I'm really sad. I'm going to, ha- I, you know, I'm going to miss hearing your voice. And it's like, uh, you know, and, and with disruption, especially because of all the Gamergate stuff, we were never able to start really any sort of a community. Um, like one of the benefits of doing a podcast now and one of the reasons that I decided to start the Discord was to, to you know, have a place for that. But And one of the reasons that I didn't do it for so long was because of that. Because, I mean, we had, you know, a whole bunch of griefers raid the live stream for disruption at one point, And then that was the end of live streaming. Um, and so I was, I, I'd always kind of been a little bit nervous about opening up a community like that. But I think that had we had that for disruption, maybe, I don't know if it would have made a difference or not. Because I think that at the end of the day, it still was not 100% you know what I want. What I came in wanting to talk about. So it was still, it still would have been better for me. And there were there were other things like scheduling and working with advertisers is not nearly as easy as it would appear from listening to, um, to to people just reading, you know, reading ad spots in in some of those shows. There's actually a lot of back and forth and and stuff that goes into that that's not apparent. That's that's kind of some additional overhead but i mean it, had we had something like a discord where we could see a community forming around the show like i like i do have with off curve I, I don't know if that would have made a difference or not but even without that right like it's just a matter of whatever you're putting into the world like you should want to put it out there because you want it to exist and if people enjoy that or not like that's great and obviously that's the goal and you any creator wants their stuff to be seen or heard or experienced but at the end of the day it has value whether it is seen by one person or a thousand or ten thousand or a million and it doesn't mean that it's necessarily lacking value just because the the numbers say it's not as popular or something else.
1: You know, I I always give a shout out to to my my number ones and they know who they are. Um those are the people that existed in our Slack uh team even after the podcast disappeared. Those people I am so glad that I was able to find them because at one point in my life, I relied on them more than anybody else. There's still something there's a thing that we do right. every morning in our Slack team. And that's literally, we either say, good morning, we either give a coffee emoji or a tea emoji, and somebody started doing a yoga emoji. Uh, they might get kicked out tomorrow. I don't know. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding.
0: I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little bit too close to exercise for my taste. Exactly.
1: But. but for over a year, we did that. And whether there were 40 people, like 40 people in the team turned into... 20 people in the team turned into 4 people in the team. And that was one thing that always happened and it was it was like a thermometer. It was a way to to see how everyone was doing not just in their productivity life but then also to be there for one another when you're going through those you know, I'm starting to doubt my ability to create these things. And and that is where I am glad that you came out and did you know off curve because when when things kind of came to a point um where disruption came to an end this was around the time of if i, if I remember correctly this was near the time of you know charlottesville
0: this was yeah it was about it, it was we we ended it in january charlottesville would have been the august just prior yeah
1: and and i mean there was so much going on in the climate where i i kind of relied on okay what are my how are my internet people feeling right now and in a world that whether whether you're you're conservative liberal whatever there's a lot of stupid crap going on and people are getting hurt because of it and i stumbled onto off curve and i was happy when i stumbled onto it because it was like okay this person that I used to hear from all the time left. I finally found that person again. It wasn't like I was, I was really hunting that hard, but it was like, it's kind of that thing when like you're looking for something and you finally give up on finding it only to then find it and be so happy that you found it. Yeah. And not only it came in a time where I was like, Hey, I'm going to try this hearthstone thing. And it's weird because During the two or three years that I was listening to your show every single week, I would never talk to you. But in the span of you streaming, you know, once a week, like I see the notification pop up and like I immediately join the stream, even if I'm like working or doing something else, because I now see that value of just existing and letting people know that you exist. Because. My first thought was like, okay, people are being like jerks in the chat and people are just getting fed up with it. So the stream ended and like, you could tell it was tense. And, and I have a million more questions about that old podcasting thing, but at the same time, none of that matters because you're doing something that you enjoy. And like you said, even if you're doing it for three people, that's, what's
0: most important. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and streaming's kind of weird that way, too, because I literally am doing it for like three people sometimes. And and it is it is a way that, I mean, but it's also, I, I think it lends itself to interaction a little bit more because it is real time, as opposed to a podcast where you're kind of responding to something after the fact. And, and even like, you get into this weird thing where you're listening to it, but it could have been in, the, like in editing for like three days. So you're trying to respond to something that somebody said and they may not even remember what they were talking about and, but you're just listen to it. So there's kind of like that delay there. Whereas like when you're streaming, you're all kind of experiencing everything together. Like maybe there's a 15 second delay, but it's not um, it's not like, you know, several days and, and it does kind of lend more to that kind of real time, you know, interaction. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be about what's happening in the game. Like sometimes we're just chatting and, and we're just talking about stuff. And you know, yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking through my my plays while I'm playing the game, but I'm also just kind of like hanging out, and I'm just giving you know, fire up the stream to give people a place to hang out, which is also you know valuable in and of itself too.
1: So this will be my last question before we we you know cut to the after show, which I always remind people: Hey, you listening right now um, with the stuff in your ears, you know, while you're jamming out or on the road or whatever? Um, the conversation isn't going to stop here. Like, there's a whole another after show, which uh, if you want to learn more about that, go to my Ko-Fi page. It's ko-fi.com slash J&J Media. What is that? That's the media company that I run where I help people do podcasts and send out newsletters and YouTube content and all this other stuff. That's all I'm gonna say about that. Last question for me before we jump into the after show. Now that you are a professional streamers and no longer professional podcasters, um, how would you use your skills as a data architect? to advance your career as a streamer if that's something that you even want to do
0: i mean i think that there are probably things that i could be doing in terms of looking at the times that i'm streaming and seeing how many people are able to sign on and then like min maxing you know when i stream to you know how many people are likely to show up and and you know maybe timing that around like people who are likely to host me like there's there's a lot of black magic you could probably do. I, I just kind of, I, I don't really want to take streaming that seriously, to be honest. Like, again, this is something that I'm doing because I want to do it. And I just want people to hang out. And I'm not, I mean, I guess I said, I say that about everything that I'm doing. Like I just put ads on off curve for the first time, like this past week. But uh, even then I feel bad about taking money, which is like my own imposter syndrome. Hang up. Um, like, Asking for money for this thing as though it's, you know, it, it's like ascribing a certain amount of value or a certain amount of commitment or whatever, whatever. I don't know what my hangup is, but, um, but even then with the streaming, like I feel like I don't want I I'd, I mean I'd love to be making money off of it. I'd love to have a larger audience, but I think there's also something kind of great about it being a small community, and, and I don't think everything needs to be like everything doesn't need to be an overwhelming success to be a success. Like, I think that's really kind of been my, my takeaway since leaving Relay has been kind of being able to celebrate moderate success. Because I would say that what, everything that I'm doing right now is a moderate success by any, by any reasonable metric. And I've been, you know, because again, being on a network, I, we had, orders of magnitude larger listeners than I have right now. And I know that there are streamers that have orders of magnitude larger streamers. Like I top out at I like maybe fifteen or twenty at the like twenty if I get a good host, I'll, I'll get like 20 20 viewers. And and that's fine. Right? Like I'm I'm enjoying being available and and having a place to hang out for those 10, 15 people. And that that's good enough. Right. So I think that I'm cuz the, the, oper- the I'm I'm very likely to min-max anything where I really want to be the best at something. And and that goes into my heartstone because like one of the things that I've t- kind of taken with me is wanting to be good at the game and wanting to be a legend player. And and I've taken that and I've done what needs to be done to do that. I I don't but I don't need to do that for everything in life. I kind of have to pick my battles to some extent. And I'd I'm going to be much happier on looking back at whatever I've done if I've you know been moderately successful and happy than going overboard and making it into a second or a third or a fourth job and you know making it something that I have to do. I, I'm much happier now doing these things because I want to do them every week than uh, you know once you have a commitment from an advertiser in a network you're you're committed to releasing an episode by a certain time every week like it or not schedules schedule conflicts being sick um you know you just don't feel it you don't have anything to talk about does not matter you need to release an episode by that time every week one way or another and i'm you know which is not to say that there wasn't that i didn't enjoy it but you know that does start to wear on you and and I've been, since I've left, I've been very careful about doing everything that I do in a way that is not imposing commitments on myself, which allows me to enjoy it more. Because I know that whenever I'm putting content out, it's because I want to do it, not because I have to do it or because something is requiring me to do it. And, and that's been a much more enjoyable way for me to be a content creator than, I, than maybe a year ago.
1: I really love that answer. And this is coming from someone who at one point in his life did nothing but dream to be on a major podcasting uh, network. And then I started realizing that major podcasting networks aren't in the podcasting business. They're in the advertisement business. Like you're, really, yeah. you're selling razors and picture frames and all of these other things and mattresses that you know, you're you're selling these things, and people come for the conversation. But the conversation could potentially stop happening if they don't, if the ads stop working, and
0: yeah. that
1: is something that my anxiety helped bring on the the shuttering of the first generation that was productivity and tech. Um, the idea that oh wow, I have, you know, I'm bringing in hundreds of dollars. A month from people who want to hear this podcast, I now have to create content that keeps them happy. And that is the most frustrating thing ever. And it, yeah. And, it, and like you said, it can really be draining. And I think about all of the people on YouTube that will tell you, oh, I love, I do this because I love doing it. Or the people that have podcasts that have, you know, tens of thousands of downloads a day that say, oh, yeah, I do this because I love doing it. And they make that venture to go freelance or to go solopreneur or, you know, podcasting is their primary source of income. And then it becomes a job and you start to see yep. the, the podcast change slowly, slowly morphing into this thing of like, okay, let's sell some ads today, you know, and, and, and that really sucks. Yeah. And I think you as, as a former listener of, of isometric and disruption of making that decision to stick to your guts and to say, Hey, you know what? I'm not about this anymore. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna kill it now before it becomes something that I hate doing. Because I, I do believe that if you we're still doing that podcast only for the advertisement revenue. There probably wouldn't be an off curve. There wouldn't be a wicked good stream like that's because that stuff does take time. Like you said, you know, the, the fact that you started hosting yesterday at like seven in the morning, you know, my time really threw me off <laughs> and made me slightly <laughs> angry because I missed 30 minutes. But still, I was like, it's <laughs> not about me. Um, I'm sure he has a reason. And I even messaged you like, hey, are you going to do another stream this evening so I can catch it? But, you know, ultimately, that's not the point. The point is that you're, you're even doing a stream. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why I wanted you to be on the show, because one, you were someone that I looked up to as a podcaster. The fact that you had the audacity to just stop a podcast, you know, at, that I listen to. I mean, come on. I'm so important. But. The fact that you were, you were just able to say, you know what, I'm not about this, I'm going to call it quits, and I'm going to do something that I find enjoyable, and I'm going to embrace the small community, that was something that I wish I would have had someone tell me when I was chasing clout as a podcast, and yeah. I, I thank you for that, and I definitely want to, um, let anyone that is interested in connecting with you further figure out how to do that so without you know i'm i'm done talking until the after show but please tell everyone how they can connect with you
0: well i'll do that in a second but i think one something i just want to follow up on one more point that you made and and it's something that i think that is probably good for other people to hear too and and something to take away like because one thing and it's kind of what you were saying just kind of triggered this in me like My dream was to get on a podcast network originally because I was under the impression that a podcast network would be cross promoting and would be exposing me to a larger audience. And which is not to and this is not a criticism of either of the podcast networks that I was on, because it's just it was a misunderstanding on my part of how these things work and it it doesn't matter if it's a podcast network or you want to be a partner twitch streamer or you know you want to have you know x number of subscribers you want to be you know distributed on youtube or whatever it is i think that the you get on a podcast network because you're bringing because you have an audience and you're bringing your audience to the network the the network isn't bringing the audience to you and that's something that I really had backwards in my head for a really long time. And then once I was on a network, I realized at first I was like, well, why aren't we being cross promoted more? And then I realized, well, it's not there. They can't bring any more listeners to us. Like they there's always an initial boost. And then after that, it's up to us. And you don't need a network for that. Right. Like if that's something you want to do to get that advertising revenue, like, great, do it. Absolutely. If you want to be on a Hearthstone team, do it. But at the end of the day like they're not going to do anything for you that you shouldn't already be doing for yourself and once i realized that then and that was long after i left even like it's it's really it's not something that i like realized like while i was there but once i've realized that it's made me a lot more at peace with just kind of doing what I want to do and, and bringing my audience along for the ride. And I'm happy to do it as long as they're long, willing to keep coming with me. Um, but anyway, I, I've, that's a long winded way that you should come listen to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I do, I do a podcast about Hearthstone um, roughly once a week. I, I mean, I do, I do occasionally skip weeks. Sometimes I'll do two episodes in a week. That's the kind of thing I can do now. Um, but it's at offcurve.com or you can just search for offcurve, um, in your podcast client or wherever it happens to be. And, um, that's where I do my podcast. I I also stream usually Sunday nights though. This week I went out to dinner for my parents' anniversary and for my birthday. So I did it in the day, in the, during the day, but so I wouldn't be rushing the family back at night because this is how I balance things. Um, but I do stream Hearthstone as well. Um, at twitch.tv slash um, wickedgoodfm um, and I have a discord which is linked from all those things and I also do um, I, I do bring my data architect skills to bear on doing some visualizations of um, Hearthstone data that's what, that's publicly available I generally do um, visualizations of major tournament metas uh, showing what decks and what cards were brought if that's something that is of interest to you or if you just want to see that I actually can design a dashboard and not just credit not just critique them. Um, that's all at offcurve.com as well. And I'm also, I'm, I'm also on Twitter at look good. That's generally where all my randomness will, <laughs> will kind of spill out onto, uh, onto the internet that doesn't get contained in one of those places. You've been listening
1: to my conversation with Steve Lubitz. I hope you enjoyed that chat. Uh, by remember steve is uh streaming on twitch every now and then so if you're if you're into hearthstone be sure to reach out to him either check him out on his stream which i will provide a link to it on the show notes or you check out the off curve podcast and discord community Uh, shout out to nadir omawali for the use of his music a hustler in spite of myself and once again a shout out to steve for being such an awesome guest on the show By the way, I haven't mentioned this, but I have a new podcast. That's right, I'm doing another one. Um, It's called What I'm. It is a weekday podcast where I talk about my thoughts on current events in technology and life, and I also cover my own personal development as a developer, as a streamer, I guess, as a content creator at large. And as someone who is trying to get a business off the ground. So if any of that sounds interesting to you, be sure to go to my personal website. That is at kjaymiller.com. Click on the link that says, take me to the What I'm podcast and be sure to subscribe. Now we're doing an underground podcast there, so we're not putting it on Apple Music. We're not putting it on Spotify, and honestly, and we're not going to put it on YouTube either. And we're doing all of this just because it allows me to have a little bit of creative freedom and not, you know, have something that I'm trying to monetize. But that's going to be it for this week. I am Jay Miller for the Productivity and Tech Podcast. I hope we've been productive. I will talk to you next week.